0: Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. On today's show, we're taking a look at how the U.S. is caught in a tug-of-war that's underway in financial markets. There's an outright competition for capital between government and private enterprise. For the moment, it appears as though government's winning that battle for dollars. We have an economy that's partially being controlled by two gigantic levers. The first lever is monetary policy, and the second lever is fiscal policy. But before we use those terms, it would be useful to define them. Monetary policy is controlled by the central bank. These decisions affect bank liquidity, the printing of currency units, and the setting of interest rate policy. Fiscal policy refers to decisions made by governments to spend money. Fiscal policy affects taxation, entitlement programs, public infrastructure projects, military spending, and so on. We literally have a situation where central banks are standing with both feet on the brakes, Governments, on the other hand, have their foot firmly on the accelerator. If you've ever tried to do this in your car, you realize, of course, that you'll either burn out your engine or your brakes very quickly. Governments, of course, never let a good crisis go to waste. To be fair, we do have a genuine crisis in the world right now between the war in the Ukraine, mushrooming conflict in the Middle East, and the risk of conflict in the Pacific. Neither the U.S. nor NATO are at war. However, materials and munitions are being consumed as if the nation was at war. These situations were perhaps unforeseen, so naturally governments can be forgiven for extraordinary deficit spending to deal with those crisis situations. Then of course we had the global pandemic, that too was extraordinary, but in the wake of the pandemic, in peacetime, the spending didn't slow down. Now there's a tremendous lag between the time a decision is made to spend money and the consequence of that decision being fully realized. That delay is far beyond the electoral cycle. That's why politicians spend money with no regard for the consequence. For example, the United States is still paying for the war in Iraq and Afghanistan. The conflict is estimated to have cost $3 trillion so far. Some estimates put the full cost to closer to $6 trillion when you take into account the cost of servicing the debt that was borrowed to fund the war. Here we are 20 years later, still paying the consequence of a decision that was made more than 20 years ago. At the moment, we have two countervailing forces at the policy level that are fighting against one another. History has shown that when monetary policy and fiscal policy are not in sync, eventually fiscal policy always wins out. Central banks are claimed to be independent, but history says otherwise. For example, the Fed really never had its independence, starting with the Great Depression. and In fact, they didn't really get it until 1951, and even then it's arguable whether they truly have independence. Perhaps the most concerning of all is the competition for investment dollars. The private sector and the public treasury are also competing for investors' dollars. By raising interest rates, the Federal Reserve has pulled capital out of financial assets and redirected those funds into the black hole of funding the U.S. government. The U.S. has literally flooded the market with issuance of new treasuries. This glut of supply had the effect of pushing up yields, as there are simply not enough buyers. This increase in yield makes the spending decisions of the government much more expensive in the long run. Eventually, the central bank will need to step in and monetize the debt, which is in and of itself inflationary. You might be wondering why I would say that. We have deficits running at 8.5% of GDP, and government spending represents a total of about 30% of gross domestic product. Deficits are such a large part of government spending, if you were to try and balance the budget, it would require cutting about a third of government spending. Austerity measures can work, but they have a poor track record of working when deficits are already this high. You crush the economy with austerity measures, which impacts tax receipts, and if you reduce the availability of debt through quantitative tightening and higher interest rates, then asset prices will fall, and we're already seeing that. U.S. tax receipts are highly linked to asset prices. The US economy is driven by the availability of credit. So, if you slow down borrowing, then asset prices fall, which reduces tax receipts, and then the government needs to print more debt to cover the revenue shortfall. And the laws of supply and demand apply to the sale of treasuries just like anything else. In order to sell this paper, yields will have to go up, which raises the debt, which means issuing more debt just to cover the interest. This is the so called debt trap. In the meantime, investors stop investing in the private sector, which is the productive part of the economy, in favor of risk-free investment in treasuries. So when countries spend more than they earn, the result is inflation, and no amount of raising of interest rates and no amount of monetary dominance is possible on top of a foundation of fiscal dominance. As you think about that, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.